Greetings and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I am Mike Householder and I'm humbled to be your host and I'm excited as always to be joined by Emily Lang Paul. Hello. Hello, co-host Emily. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm oh, just absolutely great. I'm I'm Good. really excited to have this conversation. We're calling mm-hmm. this episode the the most integrated hour. Uh, because there's this accusation against the church, which has mm-hmm. got some truth to it, that suggests that the most segregated hour of the week is worship mm-hmm. in almost any church in America. Mm-hmm. Racially segregated, ethnically segregated, um, economically segregated. And uh, here at Hope, we are excited because uh, those walls are coming down and, and boundaries are, are, you know, people are coming together in harmony and in unison and... Mm-hmm. To that end, we have some special guests with us today. Yes, we do. We have campus pastors at Hope Elam in downtown Des Moines, Pastor John Annenson and Pastor Michael Hurst. Welcome. Hey, guys. Good to Hi see guys. you. We, these guys are great. And if yeah. you don't know them, if you're, if you're part of the Hope family, you do know them. If you aren't a part of the Hope family and you just tune into this podcast, you're going to love these guys. Um, Michael's been uh, a pastor for, well, a long time. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, we met way back when. Uh, pastor John has been a pastor in the city of Des Moines for over a decade now uh, for us at Hope, our campus there. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we got this, um, we got this crazy vision. Uh, Michael and John, myself and others, mm-hmm. leaders of our churches, uh, they, we weren't supposed to do church apart anymore. We we're supposed to do church together. Uh, as one church. And that leads to all sorts of other questions and answers yeah. and conversations, uh, especially as it, as it relates to um, what the Bible says mm. about unity uh, and what the Bible says about who we're supposed to be as a church and our identity and purpose and mission. So we are going to go deep today. Uh, that's what happens when um, you know, we, we talk about these things, but I think it's what our world needs. So let's, let's dive right in. Uh, we we were going to talk, we had a little icebreaker question first, though. Let's ha- just kind of, let's just kind of start a little, mm-hmm. you know, subtly, a uh, little sure. bit more fun to start. Yes. How do you feel about the snow or <laughs> cold weather in general? Because How do you feel about winter in Iowa? Yes. Huh? Yes. I like you. That's a good one, Emily. Good uh-huh. one. We're feeling it. Yeah, we are. We yeah, definitely are. It's, it's, it's uh, snowy and cold this winter. Yes. Yeah. Michael Hurst, what do you think wow. of it? You know, I'm a summer baby, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I must be put here by God because I like it really hot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just endure it because I, I love God so much. I endure the winters in <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and wish He would have called you to to Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't wish that. That would be that would be terrible. We wouldn't be able to share this very cool story. Right. So, yeah. How about you, John? Uh, I love looking at the snow and watching it come down, but not shoveling it. We have a <laughs> snowblower that works about 47% of the time. Uh-huh. So I think that's most of them. Is it not? Snowblowers? Yes. For sure. Yeah. I've always had trouble with snowblowers. Uh, yeah. the, I think it's because I always get the cheapos, you know, well, sure. and, and it's like you go to the snowblower store or mm-hmm. the hardware store and mm-hmm. you see all the snowblowers and you're like, well, I'm not getting that one. Not right. getting that one. I'd like to get that one, but I'm not getting that one. Uh-huh. And then you see one over in the corner, you know, mm-hmm. it looks like it's just a little bigger than a shovel. Yeah. And, and you go, yeah, that's, that's, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one for me because look at that price tag. That's, that's definitely better. Uh-huh. And then you bring that home and you take it, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you have... 
if you have maybe a half an inch of fluffy light powder, uh-huh. Uh-huh. works like a charm. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. if you have anything more, it gets it gets bad. But I did. All kidding aside, um, I saved up uh, a lot of wedding money, mm. and I got a really <laughs> decent snowblower. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm the guy in the neighborhood who goes and does the other, yeah, like sidewalks and the street, and you know, before the plow. I'm that guy because yeah. it's just you got it. And then I also like to shoot it up so uh-huh. that even though you don't need to, it just goes as high as it possibly can, <laughs> just for the sake of a spectacle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, if you if you need to put it that way. <laughs> I like looking I, uh, out and seeing I, I, that I guess that's not exactly the most <laughs> humble Christian thing I ever do, but yeah, I like to shoot the snow. For okay? the fun of it. Yeah, for, for the, the fun of it. It is fun. Snow. It is really fun. I, I like, if you got to be out there in the cold and the snow, you might as well shoot that snow high. Yeah. yeah. Emily. Taking care of it. I think what all of our listeners really want to know, though, is how do you feel about the winter? Yep. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like snow at all. I don't like walking in it or driving in it, but I can appreciate its beauty and the fact that it gives us a full four seasons, you know, in that, Iowa. That is a really diplomatic answer wow. that, that you can't stand it, but mm-hmm. you try to find the good in it. Yep. That's yep. kind of like you. Well, that's good, sister. Well well done. So let's get into our two-minute drill. What do you think, Emily? Yeah, let's do it. You ready, guys? Let's do it. Two-minute drill. Well, you guys now represent Hope Elam, uh, two churches that combined why merge two strong churches from different cultures. Why do that? John, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the three things that come to mind uh, for me is number one, it's biblical. That's the most important thing that God has this mandate throughout scripture. A common theme that runs throughout all of the Bible is unity, a breaking down those walls and bringing people uh, back together. Um, it we've, We kind of joke about this sometimes, but the reality is is that this is what heaven's going to look like. It's going to be a diverse mm-hmm. place where the walls come down and all the labels that we put on each other aren't really going to matter uh, anymore. So we might as well get used to it now to see God's kingdom, uh, the reality of that, come to life on earth. Secondly, it's missional. Uh, we knew that we couldn't reach a, a growing, diverse population here in the city alone. And mm-hmm. so we need each other mm-hmm. in that. And uh, And when you think about it, Christianity is the most multi-ethnic, multicultural, uh, multi-racial movement in all of history, not just in the Bible, just in all of history. And so we're called to be a part of that movement. Um, so it's biblical, it's missional and it's practical. Uh, pastor Michael will tell you, we, we just like doing ministry together, not only as uh, fellow pastors, but our churches, we're just better together. It's practical. Uh, our churches complement each other as well. So that's what comes to mind for me. That's good. Pastor Hurst? Um, I think I would jump off on um, the first thing John said. You know, for me, it's biblical. I mean, that's the most, um, you know, important aspect of my uh, Christianity. I love uh, things being Bible. And the Bible verse that comes to mind is Matthew 6, 33. Above all else, seek God first in his kingdom. So I think we merge because this is what the kingdom is going to look like. And you know, one of our mottos, you know, here at Hope Elam and Hope in general is our goal is to make heaven crowded, to make the kingdom crowded. So what better way to make the kingdom crowded, as it says, on earth as it is in heaven? Mm-hmm. So you have Hope Elam. And that's, that is so true. We, we uh, 
That's built into our vision statement. Is is it's, yeah. it's the last line of it. We, as a church, feel like God is calling us to do our part to plant those seeds, to be faithful farmers in the field, to make heaven more crowded, and uh, that's that's what drives us. It's not yes. what the world says. It's what God's word says. On that note, you know, you guys both talked about the the biblical mandate to be church together. John, I think you made a really interesting point that. Christianity, when you think about it, the fact that it started in the Holy Land, in the Middle East, right. Um, you know, right, right, uh, right, right there in Jerusalem, I guess, would, would be center city for it. You're in a part of the world that is not European, that's not African, it, it's right in the middle. I mean, it, it, it's right, it's not Asian, it's, it's just right in the middle of all of it. Isn't that just like God, you know, mm-hmm. to, to say, well, that's where it's going to start so it can spread to every in every direction, to every race, to every nation, uh, to every language, background. This is the biblical vision in Revelation 7 for what heaven's going to look like, as you guys are talking about. And so, Michael, like you said, on earth as it is in heaven, if that's the way it's going to be in heaven, we better get at it now. Um, yes. You know, the kingdom is breaking through. So you talk about it being biblical. You talk about it being missional. You talk about it being practical. Um, that's why we would take the risk of merging two really good churches. It's not like... It's not like either church was struggling either. I think I want to mm-hmm. make sure people understand that. Mm-hmm. Both churches would have been fine on their own. Elam Christian Fellowship was doing great. Uh, Hope Des Moines was doing great. Uh, we didn't need to do this for the sake of saying, oh, well, these two churches are kind of falling apart, so we better do something to, to try to salvage something out of it. It was the opposite of that. So if it's biblical, missional, and practical, all that is true. There's something else, though, that's kind of the elephant in the room. It's not always comfortable, is it? If we're going to be honest, if, if we're going to tell the truth, um, it's not always comfortable. And that leads to our second question in the two-minute drill. Yeah. When did this merger get real for you, and how are you working through those challenges? Pastor? Well, yeah, when did it get real, Michael? Um, well, it got, it got real for me when I seen how angry both congregations got. You know, it was like, wow. And and then in the Bible, it tells me whenever uh, you're about to get the promise, persecution comes. Yeah. And what happened in dealing with persecution? Then Jesus came and said, love makes the difference. So when I seen all the anger, what I did, how I met the challenge, I just loved more. I just submitted myself more. I just surrendered more. And I just start going out of my way to be very, very intentional to let people know about the love and acceptance of Jesus Christ. Nice. John, what would you add there? Yeah, I, you know, I think something that we've learned along the way is that everybody loves the idea of unity until you Mm -hmm. have to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, until you have to pursue it. And it's really easy. It's it's a buzzword these days. Everybody wants to talk about that. And and that's a good thing. But it's one thing to talk the talk. It's another thing to walk the walk. And so I think as we have gotten to know each other more, just Pastor Michael and I, but also uh, the congregations as well, I think it's so easy to default to what we know, not just yes. in merging two churches, but uh, to what's comfortable for us and a big learning for us um, has been instead of trying to convince each other that that our way is right, that our way of seeing the world or our way of doing church is right, we've kind of had this mantra, this question that we ask each other is, help me understand. Mm. Help me understand so that I can see things from your perspective and your view. I may We may not agree on everything. That's not the point. 
the point is to have the humility to say maybe that the way that I have seen the world or viewed things, including race uh, and the color of our skin may not be the best way. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we <laughs> I think in our culture, we're sort of trained to run from conflict. And so it's it's gotten real when there's been conflict. And the easy thing would be is to just dismiss each other and say, well, it's too hard. Uh, and our, our world kind of our culture views conflict as if there's conflict, it must be wrong. Or actually what we found is that as Michael and I and as the church and individual members of the church has worked through conflict, we've those relationships are actually stronger yeah. because we haven't given up and we haven't quit. And so it's been challenging for me. It's gotten real for me because I've had to ask myself, not what do I want? Not are my preferences or my agenda, but God, what's best for the kingdom? Not yes. Elam done before, not what hope has done before. What's best for the kingdom? And that comes by seeking to understand. I think I think it's a good time to hit a pause button here for a second before we mm-hmm. continue the two minute drill. I mean, we use those as a guideline anyway, not yeah. a hard and fast rule. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is this is a good time for the deeper dive, I think, because you guys both are speaking to a very real very honest. Uh, it's it's a part of life in this world, and it's not just when two churches decide to merge that are you know predominantly of different racial backgrounds, ethnicities, that kind of thing. Uh, it also happens in daily life. We see it in the news. We see it in neighborhoods. We see it in conversations. We see it in tensions, racial tensions, uh, in our culture. Um, and I think that you both are are pointing to the same thing. And this this comes from the experience you've had there. It's you know, you'd like to think that in a in a perfect world, which isn't this, that's coming. That's the kingdom of heaven. This is not it. This is a fallen world. You'd like to think in a perfect world that when two churches merge, it would just be happily ever after. It'd be a fairy tale, right? <laughs> but that's not the story here. But what I love about that is then it's not it's. <laughs> You know, God's bringing the hay down to where the sheep can eat it. In in a sense, we're we're talking about things that hit our listeners and people right where we live, mm-hmm. and it relates to the news that we see on TV. It relates to the tensions that we feel in this country. It relates to the issues. So we can either, you know, have the kind of Christianity where we walk away from those things and try to sweep them under the rug, or worse, fake it and mm-hmm. just oh no, we're great. We're great. Can't stand those people, or can't mm. stand that guy. Can't stand that group. Can't stand that church. Can't stand that neighborhood. Can't stand that wherever the prejudice is, right? Or we can get real about it. We get honest about it and say it's not always comfortable. And so, where do we find healing? <laughs> where do we find hope? Where Where do we find a way through? I love the way you put that, John. When you said, uh, instead of saying this is the way I want to do it, and and so I'm going to try to force my agenda or my preference. The better, more faithful question to ask is, help me understand. Help me understand where you're coming from. And now, man, breakthrough's just knocking at the door now. Devil's got to hate that question. Yes. (laughs) Don't listen. Don't don't care what the other people or the other person's background or why they're saying what they're saying instead of just what they're saying. There's so much racial tension in our world today. Because we tell people what they're saying when we don't know what it's like to be them. Mm. <laughs> and yes. we, we interpret it or we draw conclusions for it. Let's get to the why underneath it. What, what led you to say that? What is it about your life experience? What is it about, about w- what you have seen and heard in the environment that you're a part of that has led you to come to that place? What, what, have, you, what have you learned? What have you lived? 
Mm-hmm. Um, help me understand. Wow. And the devil hates that question because now love is going to break through. Now it'll be like, oh, I never thought of that. You know why I never thought of that? Because I'm not you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to be you. I don't know what it's like to have gone through what you've gone through. Um, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I don't know what it's like to be a millennial. I don't know what it's like to be African-American. I don't know what it's like to be Asian-American. I don't know what it's like to be uh, Latino, Latina. I don't know what it's like. Um, I know what it's like to be me. Uh, and so I can't just universalize my own specific experience. What What else do you hear when you hear that? And, and just from your own experience, Michael, from yours, John, what... What would you want to add to that? Wow. I, you know, I think you hit it right on the head. I think, you know, it breaks down a lot to our cycle of socialization, just how we were raised and what culture and, and how do we process information. And I think that all boils down to, uh, you know, how we were raised. So as we move into this, you know, um, this century, uh, with all the racial tension, I, you know, I think a new paradigm is being birthed, and I think it's up to us to walk into that new paradigm of, you know, addressing inequality and systematic racism and privilege and that sort of thing. You know, it's something I think that's always been there, but we've just never addressed it. What better way to address it by starting Hope Elam? Man, what a statement to the world. Mm that, you know, it's about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, and is is this Middle Eastern Jewish boy who was born into a Jewish family from the wrong side of, you know, the sleepy town, Nazareth, yes. not, not the holy city of Jerusalem, is this rabbi who is really God in the flesh, is is he enough? Is, is, is his love and what he teaches and what he brings and what he instills in our hearts and our souls, is that enough to unite what the world says has to be divided? Because we're going to have to decide, you know, it, and right. I'm not just talking about hope in Elam. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about all of us. We're, we're going to have to decide what is it that's going to unite or is there anything that can? There are times when it almost feels like the rhetoric in our world is there is no way we're ever going to be able to bridge these divides. There's no way that people who see the world with different political worldviews could ever love each other. I'm not saying they have to agree. I'm saying that they could even love each other, respect each other. There's no no way people from the city and people from the suburbs could ever share life together. There's no way people from this ethnic background or that ethnic background or this racial background, there's no way that we could have unity in, in those places. So... If we're not careful, we start to sound like the world, like, well, we'll just all kind of stay in our own little huddles, in our own little groups. But that's not the way God made us. Uh, and I know it's in some ways it's more comfortable, but it, it, that doesn't mean comfortable is better. Because mm-hmm. if we just go for comfort, we're going to miss the, the, the breakthrough. We're going to miss the experience of realizing that our God and the harmony and unity that he brings through Jesus Christ is greater than the stuff that would divide us. Um, John, I, I see, almost see the wheel spinning in your head. I know you. So, <laughs> so what, what do you hear there? What do you want to say? Well, yeah, and I think it, it comes to the power of relationships, right? So regardless of whatever setting you're in, whether that's a church or a marriage or parenting or your small group, uh, talking with people online, I think everybody, everybody wants unity. They, 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 they want to go after this, but you hit it. When Jesus came, like what we what we call our big theological term of the incarnation, 
God did not have to leave his comfort zone and come down to a dirty, sinful earth, but he came and he lived among us. And it always hits me. Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life listening to the pain of us. Uh, he didn't just come in and just start answering questions. He he basically said, help me understand with his life. And so I think the call for us as followers mm -hmm. of Jesus is to live out that incarnation, is to slow down and take the time to build those relationships, to say to your spouse, help me understand. The people mm -hmm. in your small group, the people on the other side of the political aisle, you can't, uh, you can't be in relationship until you slow down. And actually, proximity uh, leads to empathy. When you slow down and you, I can't love somebody past the label that I place on them. And so if I can get rid of the labels and see them who, who God made them to be, now I can start to feel what they feel and realize, man, we're not so different. There's a lot of ways we're different, but we have way more in common. Uh, so those have just been some things we've learned along the way. We do. And one of the blessings of um, finding new ways to do old things doesn't mean we abandon God's word or, or Christ at the center of our faith or any of those things. But it does mean that maybe we learn that we can actually uh, walk this walk with Christ more faithfully if we do it with um, more uh, of, of a diverse group, that, that we aren't going to all come at it from the same perspective. I mean, here's the thing. I could not do this podcast without Emily. There's no possible way because she brings a perspective as much as I might try, I never could. And so every once in a while, she just chimes in and says, like, okay, well, I would have never thought of that, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would have never had that mm -hmm. person. I don't know what it's like mm -hmm. to, to have your experience, yeah. Emily. And so as, as a leader, as a strong leader, as a woman, mm -hmm. as a sister in Christ, what do you hear as you hear these kinds of things too? And, and how does that relate to, to, to what you see as the challenges in our world today? Yeah, well, I think what you're talking about is applicable to all of us. And I appreciate that. I think John said it like unity is this thing a lot of people talk about, but sometimes it is hard. And so I think being really honest about that, sometimes we're talking about that in race and sometimes we're talking about it. Like John just said, it could be your spouse. Like yeah. we all have this different perspective. Like you just said, I have a different upbringing than you did in all of us. And so what you guys have learned about merging two churches and saying, help me understand I, I need that. I can use that. And that's, that's a, valuable in, in, for all of us in every setting. See, that's, that's a case in point right there. I wouldn't have thought about it like that or articulated it that way. But it goes beyond just what the world says are, are those places where we need to either divide up or have some miracle of harmony. Yeah. It's every relationship, isn't it? It's, yes. it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a, just a great way to explore every... You have you have uh, stress in a relationship with a coworker, a classmate at school, or a spouse, or a, a family member, a loved mm -hmm. one. Help me understand. Help yep. me understand where you're coming from would be a better question than here's what's wrong with what you're doing. You know, yeah. here, here's here's what's wrong with you. And you guys have said it. Your relationships can actually be quite strengthened by those conversations and challenges because there's fruit on the other side. Yeah. I believe in that. I don't actually like conflict, but I like the end result. And I think that's because it's God's design. Yes. It's God's design <sighs> that we get to the end result, wow. that we have unity, that we understand where we're coming from because we can learn from each other. And that's what God wanted for us to be united. 
Future podcast episode coming up. Emily Langpaul talks about conflict resolution, which is her forte. <laughs> uh, she's incredible uh, at it. I've seen her do it over and over and over again in ways that the rest of the staff's like, yeah, I don't want, I'm not, uh, you, Emily could do that. I don't That'd always be great. want it either. Uh, but you're very gifted at it. And, and I think it's because of that perspective that you just articulated, that you just described. When you approach it in a Christ-like way, which isn't always going to be the most comfortable because Jesus is going to challenge us. He's going to stretch us. Mm -hmm. He's going to force us to be honest mm -hmm. and tell the truth and yeah. listen um, because, because his goal is not to make us uncomfortable. Yep. His goal is that breakthrough. His goal is love. His goal is unity. His goal is for relationships to be everything that they could be because yeah. relationships is where we get rich. That's uh -huh. where the best part of life is. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, and, uh, we'll, we'll dive into that deeper another day, but that's, yeah. that's a powerful thing. Yeah, well, and I think it's great you guys are so honest about all of this. Yeah. Because well, that's God's design too. Here's, here's the thing. If I wasn't, Michael and I have known each other for yeah. over two decades, and he'd call me on it. He'd be like, come yeah, on, house. Yeah. Yeah, that's, not, that's, not, <laughs> that's not you. It's, it's, right. that's, that's the good thing about doing life together and being in a life group yeah. together is, you know, you're not overly impressed with each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you say things to each other that need to be heard and hold each other accountable. You also support each other. Mm -hmm. Let's, with that as the backdrop, so now that we've done our deeper dive, mm -hmm. let's finish up our two-minute drill and then wrap things up because I think we've kind of gotten to the bigger stuff first. Mm -hmm. The skeptic who was hearing this would be like, oh, sure, you can talk about this in theory. Mm -hmm. You know, Christians are really good at talking about their theology or what the Bible says about this or that. But, but when the rubber hits the road, yeah, it doesn't really work. I mean, it's just, it's not going to work in the real world. But what we're finding is when we do get real, when we do get honest, when we are willing to do have uncomfortable conversations for the sake of mission um, and for the sake of what scripture calls us to be as Christians, those breakthroughs happen and things start to change. So let's start with the vision and those questions, starting with the two-minute drill on that. Where did this yeah. come from? Yeah. Where did this dream of Hope Elam come from? I think we can can look back to you to start us. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll start there. I'll just kind of set the table, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Michael, and, and to you, John. Uh, this is a vision that God gave to Michael Hurst, uh, my friend. Uh, we've been through battles, wars. We've stood by each other um, in tough, tough times and situations. Um, that, that friendship is deep and genuine, um, and interestingly, even if, even if, if that's all that it ever was, it would be one of the great blessings of my life. Mm. Um, to have a friend like that is a blessing. Uh, that's how I feel about you, Michael Hurst. But I would say that the, the surprise is that God also gave us the same vision, which is that the churches that we are uh, a part of and that we've been called to serve as pastors, Elam Christian Fellowship for Michael, Lutheran Church of Hope for me, that we're called to do ministries together, at least share some things, mm -hmm. um, do, do some things together. So it started with some, ex, you know, exchanging pulpits and I'd preach there and he'd preach here and we'd have musicians from both churches come to each other's buildings for services and, and then uh, men's ministry stuff and, and some outreach stuff. And we tried Alpha once, I think, and we, we did this thing called One Church a few years ago, maybe four years ago or so. And um, that was great. And it just started to build and build and build and grow and then and and pillars of promise and you know, a vision to reach out into this community together, uh, with other churches too and other ministries as well, not just us. But all those things led us to the to the conclusion God's calling us to 
to take a, a deeper step, you know, not just dating, but <laughs> to bring these churches together. Uh, so, Michael, what, what, what are you hearing that? What, what part of that vision did God lay on your heart? Yeah, I think, um, you know, our friendship, one of the things that we always did, we were always talking about community stuff. Yeah. And if you remember, I think when I called you like very vehement, there were an abundance of young African-American men getting killed in Des Moines. Yep. And I remember I called you. I said, uh, House, we have to do something. We have to start taking a stand. We we have to, you know, let this community know that, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, is it. And and that's where the dream really started. And, and that's when. God just started placing stuff in our life that we just, Martin Luther King breakfast, I mean, uh, marching to the Capitol. I mean, we've done so many things to let the community know that we're all one in, you know, in Christ Jesus. And and me and you, when you look at you and I, I think when they see you, a white guy, and me, a black guy saying, you know, we call each other brothers, and I am my brother's keeper. And a lot of times people would much rather see a sermon than hear one. Yeah. And, you know, I think they seen the sermon and they seen how close we were and the love that we have. And I think once God was pleased that we were in it to win it, then I think he said, okay, I'll birth Hope Elam. And he just dropped it on us and we went and picked up John along the way. And (laughs) hey, here we are. Well, that was a God thing, too, that it had to be John because uh, it did. John yes, is John is the only one I know who's been in the city like he has yes. for as mm-hmm. long as he has and has built yes. up this ministry God through him yes. God through you John uh, and so it had to be it had to be John and it and there's no doubt about that to me no you talk about a sermon being more than just words you preach but the life you live that's John Anderson and you know yes. that now too Michael yes um, I do and I, I know that's probably going to embarrass you a little John but too bad it's true <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know. Wear it. Yeah, you're really good. Yeah, it's it, and everybody who knows you knows that you're the you're yes. the real article. You're the real deal. Your heart is pure, yes. and yeah. um, you know you might cheer for weird teams, but you, you, yeah. you you've got you've yeah, definitely got you've definitely got your heart in the right place. So, John, what yeah. what do you see there? And and as far as the vision God gave to you, because you know th- this isn't going to happen unless you capture it too. Yeah, right. Well, I definitely feel like, I mean, from your guys' friendship, I, I feel like I'm I'm standing on the shoulders of giants in a little bit in that way. But I also see it as as one of those Esther moments, you know, that the famous verse for such a time as this, mm-hmm. that she was called to that. I feel like God align, aligned this. This is so much bigger than any of us individually or our churches and the way that this all came together when we were presented with the opportunity uh, to, uh, acquire the space, this new facility, not new, new to us. It's a very old historical building, but when we were presented with that opportunity, this massive building in this historical place in in this neighborhood across from Drake, we knew it had to be bigger than just Hope Des Moines. And so we weren't going to be able to reach this neighborhood, uh, alone. And so it really felt like God was aligning these pieces together. And I knew in my relationship, with with Michael as well. Our churches are very, very different. And yet, as it talks about in the book of Acts with the early church, they had the same heart. Mm-hmm. They were of one heart and mind. Amen. And here you have two churches in Hope Des Moines specifically and Elam that are just passionate about urban ministry. 
And as Michael says, reaching the left out, left behind and left over. Mm -hmm. And that was our heart as well. And so it just made sense in that way to bring those two churches uh, together and build on the foundation. But it was based on relationship. It was based on relationship for sure. So incredibly well said. Mm -hmm. We're still in vision. And I suppose, again, a skeptic tuning in could still be like, yeah, you're still talking theory. You're still talking... You're still talking about, you know, just a Christian perspective on this. What's actually happening? What What's happened in the real world, which, which leads to our next question. Yeah. What are you excited about at Hope Elam that's already happening? And I think it's worth noting, too, you guys have this congregation together, but you've also noted that this building is kind of going to be a hub for the city, and you've brought in different organizations, and you have all kinds of things already going. So what's already going that you're excited about? Tell us the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> go go ahead, Michael. Well, you know, I want to start with, you know, as as I think if, if people have been listening to us, uh, Martin Luther King, you know, he preached at this church. He had a vision of this church. And, and as you know, one of the most um, um, vehement things that Martin Luther King stood on was education, was opportunity. And for me, you can buy um, no inner city child a greater opportunity than to get a quality education. With that said, we have a satellite here, Joshua Christian Academy. Yep. Uh, they had an inner city uh, school on the east side. And, and you know, I fell in love with them. I'm on the board. And once we got into this building, I seen it was so massive. I said, wouldn't it be great if we started another uh, satellite campus of Joshua Christian Academy? And I am so happy to say they've been here since August. I just went to chapel with them. What a treat, those kids. Uh, mind is a terrible thing to waste. And I'm confident if they stay with Joshua Christian Academy from now until they graduate, I know they're looking at a four-year scholarship to any school um, you know, in America. I mean, the discipline and the academia um, um, endeavor is, is like that. And, and I just love it. So right now, what I want to hang my hat on is Joshua Christian Academy, which is, to me, I want it to be the most sought after inner city school to get in, mm -hmm. in a couple of years. And that's, that's I mean, education is transformational. Mm -hmm. and, and, yes. and to put Christ uh, at the heart of that education can be life-changing for so many students. Mm -hmm. um, I was on the pastor's vision team for JCA, for Joshua Christian Academy, way back when it was just getting started. I think they had 10 students at the time. Mm -hmm. How many students do they have now, Michael? I think 170. Oh, my wow. goodness. Is it, praise God. I yeah. mean, that that's crazy what God is doing there. And for us to be able to be a part of that um, transformational ministry is great. What else is happening, John? I mean, it would we could go for hours on the things that are happening yeah. in Hope Elam yeah. already, but hit a highlight or two. Yeah, I mean, I can honestly say in the last year, Michael and I have never been bored. <laughs> we, can thank God, we can thank God for that. Uh, where do I start? I mean, I would just add on to that. We're also excited to have Dorothy's House, which is a, a mm -hmm. mission partner of ours that works with people that have been rescued from human trafficking, and they're doing an amazing job. We're partnering more with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, that works uh, with Drake and with local high schools and students as well, uh, all here in the building. 
uh, I you know mentioned Drake. We're excited at Kairos, our college ministry that we have at, at Iowa State in Iowa. We're also working now. We're right across the street from Drake. Uh, and so if anybody knows anybody, whether at Drake or Grandview, Simpson, any of the area colleges, we want to connect with them uh, as well for our college ministry. But I think what, what I'm most excited about, we're, we're doing a, a series of classes called Be the Bridge. And so often ministry, we just kind of talk about, you know, what would make the headlines headline news, but this this is in the trenches. Um, it's a it's a curriculum that's built for people from diverse backgrounds to get together and talk about racial unity and reconciliation. And to what I said before, I think just being with each other helps break down those walls and destroy those labels. I, we've had so much feedback from the class of people saying, oh, I thought all black people were like this. <laughs> all white people were like this. Uh, you know, all homeless people are like everybody on the left wing is like this. Everybody on the right wing is like this. But when you get to know each other, people have names and they have stories. And it's those relationships that are the building blocks for the future of the ministry. So when you show up on the weekend and you see everybody connecting and the vibe and the culture here, it's because we've taken the time to slow down and intentionally build build those bridges. So I'm excited about that behind the scenes as well. Man, I'm, I'm, you guys are good cheerleaders. I'm ready to, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Let's, let's just, <laughs> it's just so exciting to see what God's doing mm-hmm. uh, at Hope Elam. And, you know, it's all the campuses of Hope too. Yep. We're, we're blessed uh, with more and more diversity um, than is in the neighborhoods where, that we represent mm-hmm. at almost all of our campuses. Uh, and so if you're hearing this and you're in the Des Moines area, and you don't have a church home. If you have a church home, you stay right where you are and you pour into that church. We're all on the same team. But if you're in the area and you don't have a church home and you're tired of the division, you're tired of the, uh, of the rhetoric, you're tired of, the, of the, the sense of there's just no hope, there really is hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, there really is hope. And God is on the move um, at, at Hope Elam and at all of Hope's campuses, which is going to set up this last question Emily has for us, I think, just the way God would want it, because it's looking ahead. Yeah. What are you even more excited about as you look to the future? John, why don't you go first this time? Yeah. You know, I honestly, what comes to mind is people think so much about what makes a church a church as an hour on Sunday morning. And that Mm -hmm. is very, very important. But in the neighborhoods that surround us in the city that we live in, I'm most excited to just continue to meet the tangible needs of the community uh, and to connect with people and to listen. We don't want to be the kind of church that comes in with our agenda and says, Here all, here's all the ministry we're going to do to you. Uh, we want to do it with people, uh, with other groups and organizations and churches that have been serving here faithfully. Um, I, th- I don't know why this comes to mind, but I think there's a story about the, the guy that invented the stethoscope. Uh, he told his students, if you use this instrument correctly and listen to your patients, they will tell you how to heal them. Mm-hmm. And that little illustration has always stuck with me because we want to be a church that listens to the pain and the needs of the community. And so we're excited to, as, as we work through COVID, to start providing food and clothing uh, to meet the tangible needs to offer recovery programs and things like that. I'm just excited to work with other churches and other mission partners and nonprofits to do that. We don't need to reinvent the wheel and Hope Elam does not have the market cornered uh, on that. We just want to come alongside. Uh, we're all on the same team, Pastor Mike, like you said, and we want to work with other people 
around us. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Hurst. Um, you know, uh, you know, piggyback, I want Hope Elon to be a destination place. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a hub, just a, you know, not just known as a church, but just a place where you can come and get renewed and refreshed and revived and rejuvenated. Get a meal if you cold, get warm if you're warm, get cool. Just <laughs> a place where you can come and just experience the love and acceptance of Jesus Christ. I can't wait till COVID is over where we can open up the parking lot and the church and and just become a part of the fiber of the Drake neighborhood area. I'm so looking forward to that. And now see, these guys are not just cheerleaders. They're they're faithful leaders and they're such gifted preachers that if for no other reason, you should just tune into their stuff. And if you're out of town, tune in online. It's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Hope Elam every week. Um, and, you know, we're <laughs> people are sometimes are like, well, if if you tell people to go there, then they're not going to hear you. And you're yeah. gonna, I don't care. Yeah. I, I just want people to hear Jesus. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't care who says it. Uh, we're right. I'm so glad to be in ministry and on this team with you guys uh, and you know, Michael, you said it so well, and that's what I mean by gifted preacher. Who who comes up with this stuff? If you're if you're cold, come get warm. If you're warm, cool mm-hmm. off. You know, okay. Th- this would be a place where you get refreshed, and you know that's what Elam is in the Bible, right? That it's a place of refreshing mm-hmm. uh, as as God's people wander through the wilderness. It's an oasis um, in Scripture, and so uh, and it's a place of hope. So hope Elam is this yes. place where where you can get refreshed. I would add one thing though, and it's not just if you're cold, get warm, and if you're warm, get you know, cool off. I would say if you're sleeping spiritually, wake up. Uh, come, come, come to this place. Come to this place, and I'm taking no credit for that. The Lord just laid that on my heart because that's what I feel when I'm there. You know, we had a lot of fun preaching together a few weeks ago, um, and uh, I'll never forget that because during one of those sermons, my, my granddaughter was born. Uh, and I got that call. So that's going to be forever burned into my brain. But uh, that was so fun to do that with you guys in the spirit in the room, just like the spirit in all the rooms at Hope. Uh, you know, I'm kind of taking a tour of the different campuses, uh, be preaching, um, you know, with all the different campus pastors over the next year at some point along the way. And I'm just so impressed with what God is doing. And each each room is a little different, has a little different feeling to it. Just like each service here in West Des Moines has yeah. a little different feeling, a little different vibe. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of, you know, say, Lord, lead me to the place you want me to be mm-hmm. so that I can go from sleeping to, to awakened and, and I can experience the full power of you. Uh, because God is doing stuff. God is far from dead. God is far from sleeping. God is far from taking a vacation. Even in tough times. God is breaking through and, and doing things that I hope uh, people will tap into. And if you're out of town, find a church like that in your community. They're out there. Uh, ask around. You know, let, let the Lord lead you uh, in that way. You can tune into our online stuff, too, to supplement that. But find a local church and get involved in it and support it and pour into it. We are all on the same team, as you guys said. Mm-hmm. But if God can take you know, a kid from from the inner city of Detroit and a, a kid who grew up on the north side of the city of Chicago. Uh, so we're, you know, we share that with that urban experience, but it's, it's not the same. My high school was racially mixed and integrated and forced, and there were racial tensions in that school every day. Um, so I suppose that's part of why God gave me such a big heart for this kind of thing. Um, 
but then add this to it and it gets even better. And then God takes a kid from Story City, Iowa, John Annenson, you. And so it's, it's small town Iowa, which is really still the majority of this state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you are able to uh, come from that world and speak a language Michael and I don't speak. Uh, I'm able to do what I do. Michael's able to do what he does. And now God's like, what if I brought it all together? Uh, and, and because all together is better than apart. And that's what, that's what I get most excited about. Um, not just because it's, it's you two guys and, you know, I, I get a front row seat to watch it too and be involved. But what God's doing with all the people he's going to bring together at Hope Elam, he's going to create a church out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to be like Elam Christian Fellowship used to be, which is great. Or it's not going to be just like Hope Des Moines used to be, which is great. It's going to be better. It's, it's going to be something new. You know, sing to the Lord a new song. Behold, I'm, I make all things new is, is our sermon series to kick off this year. And that is exactly what God is doing. And it's that new stuff that um, I think our spirits and souls long for. We're created with, with a need for that, to experience the same consistent, never changing Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. But to experience that in all, always new ways, both of those things are biblical. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, unchanging. Thank God mm. <laughs> that we have that constant. But the way we get to experience God, the way we get to express our faith, the way we get to continue down this adventure of faith called Christianity and being the church, and I, I get it. I get it. The, the people get tired of church. They find the hypocrisy. They find the, the faults. They find the, the mistakes. And we've all got those. Hope Elaman isn't perfect. Um, hope isn't perfect anywhere you look. No church is perfect. That's okay. We're not here to point people to the church. We're here to people, point people to the God of our church. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still the hope of the world. It's still the best plan A God has in the world. And based on what I can read in the Bible, there is no plan B. Because the church, for all of its flaws, is the bride of Christ. And so we're it for Jesus. And he's not divorcing. And so here we are, um, you know, in this, in this eternal relationship with our Savior, and um, he's going to con- continue to renew us and refresh us and strengthen us and draw us together, even though the world might be pulling people apart. And so thanks for the conversation, guys. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap up with a mic drop moment. Emily, What anything jump out at you in this conversation? Yeah. Uh, something that you'll take away from it? Yeah, I think it boils down to relationship and God's design. And I've often also in these conversations heard you guys, as you talked about this, talk about you did have this deep friendship, but this is not a forced thing. This was God's design. And it's out of unity and how we're designed to be like this. And that's true for each one of us. It's not like we all have churches to merge, but we all have this design to be together. We are better together. So that's applicable to all of us. Yeah. And what wow. what what kind of witness might it be for the world around us Yeah, if there is a church where black and white all ethnicities, all languages, all, all backgrounds mm-hmm. are coming together as one in Jesus Christ. What kind of a testimony is that yeah. for the power of what Jesus Christ can do? So what does Hope Elam look like in a decade? Because it won't always be comfortable, but it, 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 we will uh, strive to be faithful. Uh, Emily, I'm mm-hmm. giving you the last mic drop word on that. We're out of time, guys. This is great. We talked enough anyway. We're preachers, right? We, we all got in there. <laughs> Um, thank you, Michael Hurst. Uh, thank thank you. you, Jonathan Annenson. 
Michael and John. My name's Michael John, as God would have it. Just another fun fact. Uh, And my John is spelled the same way John's is, too, without the H. So go figure. God's sense of humor, just a little extra bonus for you for those who uh, continue to listen to the end. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Thank you for being such faithful listeners. Thanks you for uh, spreading the word about this podcast. We we come to you at least every week, if not more, throughout season two, and we're excited to do so and honored to do so. So spread the word. Tell your friends. uh, Hit a like button or a a review button and, and let people know. All those things help us get the word out and and end up putting us on more and more platforms. So um, God bless you. God loves you. We do too, but God God bless you more. See you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using. That helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there.